Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. A um, uh, uh, card here. It, 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 does everybody have one of these today? Everybody have one? Is there anybody that doesn't have one? We need for everybody to have one. Put this in your Bible. Uh, keep it there. Uh, it's something you will reference back to. Uh, we started on Wednesday talking about uh, the weapons of our warfare. And um, we um, uh, are going to be going through this list and talking about these various things that will help for us to be able to battle in this warfare that we're fighting, all of us or in this battle, because there's war going on. Uh, I'm not, not talking about war of countries. We're talking about spiritual war that is taking place, and uh, we need to know how to overcome the war that, is, that we're faced with, the attacks. The enemy, as the Bible says, uh, wants to uh, steal and to kill and to destroy. So since that's his goal... Um, we know that we need to fight it spiritually with God's plan. And uh, these are some big helps for us to be able to go through and use these. Use these because they will work. They will work. And um, so for several uh, Wednesday nights, and of course this morning also, I'm going to be teaching on this again, continuing on from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. Uh, we read that, those verses of Scripture last Wednesday. And we're going to go through these things, not all today. We'll go through them as we can and cover a lot of the basis here of what is going to help us with the weapons that the Lord has given to us. So keep that handy. Bring it back on Wednesday night and uh, um, put it in your Bible. And keep it close because you will refer back to this. These are uh, writings of seven weapons against Satan, uh, which Brother K uh, Reverend Kenneth Reeves uh, pastored for many years in Granite City. And uh, uh, he, he was a friend of mine and uh, uh, what a great man of God. He's passed on from this life, but he's left us some wonderful things to be able to hold on to and use that the Lord has showed him. Matter of fact, we also have another bookmark <laughs> uh, of Sister Freeman. Some of you might have it, and it is Dimensions of the Power Level. Um, if we can get those to you, too, that would be a tremendous thing. Does anybody here have those in your Bible? Raise your hand if you have that card from Sister Nona Freeman. Anybody? Okay, so that means we need to get those to you, too, because those are very, very important. It's things that will take you to the power level and things that Sister Nona Freeman has uh, received from the Lord, from the Word of God. Everything comes from the Word of the Lord. Uh, it's not uh, something that, that people come up on their own. It is something that God has revealed from the Word of the Lord. And if we find it in the Word of God, it's truth and it's going to help us. Can I hear an amen? 
It is truth. It is going to help us. It's going to help us overcome. God has given us all the tools and all of the weapons uh, to be able to conquer Satan. Not only conquer Satan, but conquer the flesh. The flesh. So uh, we have to understand that the enemy, of course, we always say it's Satan. And Satan gets a lot of blame for a lot of things. Even what the flesh, uh, our flesh that we are fighting and overcoming. So, uh, if you could turn in your Bibles to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. I want to read those scriptures again. We covered 3 and 4 on Wednesday night. We're going to go a little bit more into number 5. We, co- we touched on uh, verse 5. And that is uh, 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 very, very uh, helpful also. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. We're going to put it up on the screen also. Our multi-purpose man is up there working, and he's got a new, brand new heart, praise God. Amen. A big heart. Right, Sister Arnold? A big heart? Yeah, he's got a big heart. Amen. So, uh, thank you, Brother Arnold, for all you do up there. Um, Kind of reminds you of, no, I won't go there. I was going to say the Wizard of Oz, but that's not the case, so. Uh, we'll throw that out. Second um, Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The weapons of our warfare. Now, um, as I mentioned Wednesday night, our, our weapons are not carnal. They are not, they are not what I think I need to use to overcome, although willpower is very important, but it will only go so far. Uh, The spiritual weapons take us to the level where we destroy the things that we have attacking us. And and the thing about it is, um, you know, when we look at this, I, I was reading some scriptures in the book of Romans in my Bible reading, and it talks about being dead to sin, but alive in Christ. Uh, there is so much there in the book of Romans when you start digging into the Word of God in the book of Romans and start understanding um, uh, that when we come to the Lord, before we were alive to sin, dead to the Lord. But when you come to the Lord, everything changes. Um, all things become new, the Scripture says. And, and we get to a point where we become dead to sin and alive to the Lord. That's the reason why the world doesn't understand why we serve God. The world doesn't understand why we we believe the Word of God and read the Word of God. The world doesn't understand why we come to the house of God, why we pray, why we believe, why we have, have faith and trust in the Lord. The world doesn't understand these things. The world doesn't understand why we would use these weapons because they think the same way 
think about this, they think the world's view of sin thinks the same way that Satan thinks. They think, and of course the devil, uh, Satan, knows his end, but he's deceptive, he's wanting to steal from us, he's wanting to kill the blessings of the Lord for us, he wants to destroy life in us. Everything from the beginning when he, when he got this idea that he was something equal with God or even greater than God, uh, there was a downward spiral. He was thrust out of heaven, and we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. But, but he had this, th these thoughts that was a spiral, and his motive and his, and his purpose, Satan's purpose, is to steal and steal from you the things that are precious to you, to steal from you your relationship with God, to kill you. That's the ultimate goal of Satan is to kill. Matter of fact, you know, you could look at the world today. Murder, uh, killing is rampant in a world. That's falling right into the plans of Satan. Abortion is falling right into the plans of Satan. It's death. Everything that the devil has will lead to death. Matter of fact, the wages of sin is death. So everything that, that Satan has, he wants to bring it to death to destroy us. Uh, I don't know what his thinking is. I, I can't put my finger on all of his thing. I know just everything he thinks, Satan thinks, is contrary to the things of God. God is about life, not just life, but life more abundantly. Satan is about death and death more abundantly. I guess you could put it that way. He's, you know, the, uh, the thing about, you know, we, we think about, and we've heard this before, uh, we, we think that, that what was the opposite of God is Satan. No, God has no opposite. He is supreme. He is far above everything else. He has no opposition, although he, Satan thinks he does. God could speak the word right now and he would be totally destroyed. This world could be totally destroyed, but just the speaking of his word. There is nobody that can compare to the Lord. He is the Almighty. He is the creator. He spoke things into existence. He has all power in heaven and on earth. Satan has no power other than what the Lord will allow him to have. He has no power, but he has a big, big uh, 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 production of pride there that he wants to bring everybody down to his level because his, his end result is death. His end result is he's been, he's, he's been stripped of the things that are, uh, could have brought blessings to him if he had just remained in heaven and and worship God and not thought of himself as being greater than God. Matter of fact, a third of the angels could have had the blessings of the Lord in great measures, but they chose to follow Satan, and they were cast out of heaven also. So the whole purpose of, of this, this enemy that is trying to destroy us is to still kill and destroy. So we, as the children of God, or overcomers. We can become dead to sin. We can uh, become alive to the Lord. We need more and more of the Lord in our lives. Amen? We need to walk in his word. We need to live according to his word. So 
in this battle, don't give in. Don't just, don't just say, you know, oh, God will accept it. It's okay. No, fight. Fight and use the weapons. Fight and overcome. Fight and see the blessings of the Lord come to your life. Amen? Amen. So we go into uh, verse 5. Uh, talking about that our weapons are not carnal, they're spiritual. They're given to us by the, the Lord in the Word of God. Let's hold to these things and, and use them. But in these, it's not carnal. These weapons are spiritual. And it says in verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, casting down imaginations. What, what are we talking about imaginations here? Um, I know when we look at it and, and what our definition of it possibly could be is, you know, our, I can imagine a lot of things bigger than what I can do. I can imagine that, uh, that uh, uh, I could be a brain surgeon. I know I can't because I don't have the knowledge to do that. I don't have the brains to do that. Um, I, I, could, I could think of myself and I can imagine that I could, um, you know, I could catch the biggest bass or trout that anybody's ever caught, even bigger than Jeff Sheets' trout that he caught that they dug out of the grass and about froze to death in the cold water going in there and digging it out of the grass. They weren't going to let it because they wanted to make sure it was caught on the stringer. It was the biggest one caught. I can imagine that I could catch a bigger one than he caught. I can imagine that. That don't mean that I'm going to do it. But I can have an imagination. I could catch one about this big. That's my imagination. It, my imagination can run wild. Your imagination can run wild. We can, we could think of things so much bigger than what we can actually do or see or experience. My wife, when I come home, said, man, I caught a big fish. She, her imagination is like this, a little minnow. She, yeah, her imagination is small. When it comes to me fishing, now when it comes to God, her imagination is like this and even beyond. I mean, her imagination goes further and further than what you could even think. But you see, our imaginations can go wild. We can think a lot of things. Matter of fact, sometimes our imaginations can get us in trouble. Our imaginations can even get us to a point where we think that, that um, uh, someone's saying something about us that they're not and get us in trouble. You know what I'm talking about? Our imaginations can go so wild that we can think somebody hates us. Maybe because they haven't talked to us for about uh, 30 minutes. <laughs> we can think that, you know, they, they didn't even come up, or, or they, they might think, well, they didn't even come up and shake my hand, so uh, they don't like me anymore. You know, our imagination can go crazy. You know, you know what I'm talking about. We've all been there. There's been times I've had to get my imagination in check and get it to a point where, uh, okay, my imagination is going a little bit too far here. I've got to get it in check. 
But the meaning of imaginations in this scripture, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, the, the word imaginations here in the scripture in the Hebrew means a reasoning such as is hostile to the Christian faith. That's one meaning of it. Reasoning such as hostile to the Christian faith. So anything that we allow to come into our mind and in our thinking and our imaginations that has any kind of connection with Satan, it's going to be hostile toward God. And if you ever wonder sometimes, okay, a thought comes through your mind, and I know you can understand this, a thought comes through our mind, and all of a sudden you're thinking, where in the world did that come from? Now, here's the thing. You could either buy into that thought. You could think about it and constantly entertain it. A thought that maybe God is not really God. Maybe that there's no God. That this book, this Bible, is, it has no power. You could get to the point where you think uh, in your imagination or a thought come through your mind that church, what is church? Why am I going to church? Why am I worshiping God? Why am I reading the word of God? Why am I praying? And, and a thought, you, you know, you know without a doubt that you believe in prayer. You know without a doubt that you believe the word of God. And you know without a doubt that you believe that there is a God. But sometimes thoughts come in and all of a sudden it just bombards you. Like where in the world did that thought come from? It it's not mine. I've even talked to the Lord about it at times. That, that okay, that scripture I just read, uh, I believe it. But all of a sudden, something comes in your mind and says, that's not true. What? Well, the first thought is, what you're saying, Satan, is not true. You're a liar. That's what we need to say. Satan, you're a liar. He is the father of lies. He's a liar from the beginning. He lies and he's still lying today. Thoughts that come in your mind, don't entertain them. Don't, don't, don't live with it. Don't accept it. Don't, you know, if you, if you battle against it, don't say, hey, I'm just going to give in. No, God's going to be okay with it. No, fight against it. Fight against it. We've got weapons. We can fight against these things. But the weapons that God has given us it helps us to cast down imaginations. Cast down. Now, I said last week in that word cast down, it actually means to destroy. Destroy. Let me, let me go back and look at that here, see if I can find it here real quick. On Wednesday night, we were talking about this. Um, cast down. No, I don't have it. Let's see. Oh, pulling down. Pulling down, it means destruction and demolition. Destruction, demolition. But casting down imaginations, the things that are hostile toward God, the things that are not of God, that's what Satan wants us to have in our imaginations. But when we use the weapons that God's given us that are not carnal, they're spiritual, it's going to cast down those hostile things toward God and the things of God. Casting down imaginations 
and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. The carnal and worldly ways of thinking and doing are, are arguments against the mind and methods of God. It's totally against God and everything that he has to do for uh, his creation. His plan, his purpose. It argues against the things of God. And if people give in to those ways, then eventually you will begin to believe it. You begin to believe it. Uh, they want to debate God. They get to the point in the carnal thing saying that they have a better way than God. They exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Does this sound like Satan? <laughs> it sounds like we're falling right into that realm of the way Satan thinks, the enemy. But that's exactly where the flesh will get if we follow the flesh and the desires of the flesh. They exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. They think of themselves as smarter, more sophisticated, more effective, more powerful than God's ways. Doesn't that sound like Satan? That's exactly where he wants us. He wants us to fall into that same kind of thinking that Satan wants us to think. Carnal, worldly minds think they know more than God does. Let me make a statement here. We will never know more than God. We will never know more than God's word. Never. We could just settle that right now. We could settle that in our minds right now. We will never know more than God and God's word. Pride gets us to that point where we think that we know more than God. The carnal flesh gets us to that point where we think we know more than God and God's word. We'll never know more than God and God's word. Never. But it goes on, and, and as it talks about casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Matter of fact, when we get to that carnal mind and thinking that we, are, we know more than God, and, and the flesh gets us to that point, we begin to elevate ourselves above God. That's exactly what Satan tried to do. It wasn't a fact. Satan didn't elevate himself above God. It was all in his mental thinking that he was. That's the reason why he kept going with his motives to try to, to do what he wanted to do. It was all about thinking he was higher than God. I don't know if Satan actually, I know he, he wanted to be equal with God, but I wonder here if there's a possibility he thought he needed to be more greater than God or thought that he was greater than God. When you look at all of the things that he did in his rebellion, and even in the third of the angels being cast out of heaven, they thought that he could be either equal to God or possibly greater than God. That's what kept him going the direction, even when he was cast out. But it goes on here and says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. To battle against this carnal nature and way of thinking and doing. 
our thoughts must be brought into captivity and made be obedient to Christ. That's where these seven weapons help us to bring our thoughts into captivity to Christ. When we start thinking in this carnal way, we must, we must stop our thoughts at times. As a matter of fact, the Bible, there's a, a, another uh, weapon that we could use. Is, is It says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and then what happens to the devil? What's that? He will flee. He will flee. Now that's F-L-E-E. He will I look at that as he'll run away as fast as he can. When you, but first of all, it's not just resisting the devil. It's first of all, you look at the scripture, submit yourselves to the Lord, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You can also look at it in this way. I know this is just my thoughts, not the Bible thoughts, because the Bible is talking about F-L-E-E, fleeing, running, but when I think of a, a flea, he's just a little bitty thing that has no power whatsoever, a little flea. I've walked into houses before, it's sad, but i walked into flea-infested houses, and I mean, they can do a damage to your legs <laughs> when they get up. I mean, I walked into a house one time, and there was fleas that you didn't see. They were so small, but all of a sudden, I started itching on my legs, looked down, and there were fleas on my legs. The devil is so little and insignificant when you begin to use the weapons, the spiritual weapons of God to overcome the carnal things of the flesh, the enemy of our soul, Satan, and overcome the flesh. Satan is not as big as we think he is. But let's go back to the real meaning of the word flee. He's going to run away as fast as he can. Yeah, he might come back. He'll try to do something else. But when we use the weapons that God has given us, he will flee. But we've got to submit to God first. That's the spiritual things. Take ourselves to a deeper depth in the Lord and find some things in God will help us in, in this battle, in this fight. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. When we start to think in carnal ways, we must stop our thoughts and take dominion over them in the Lord. And as Romans 12, 2 very perfectly fits here, and not be conformed to this world, but be ye, trans but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need our minds renewed. You get your mind renewed in the spirit. You get your mind renewed in the word of God. You get your mind renewed in prayer and tapping into the spirit of God. We need to keep our minds renewed. We need to refresh our minds. Matter of fact, when you look at that scripture here again, and be not conformed to this world, because being conformed to the wor this world is going to be sin. Being conformed to this world is going to be the wages of sin of death. Being conformed to this world is going to be for the enemy to steal and to kill and to destroy us. That is being conformed to this world, that type of thinking. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Not just renewing of your mind, but renewing it in the Lord. Renewing it in the Lord. Every time I, I pray, I renew myself 
in my spirit, but also I can feel my mind being renewed. I can, when I pick up the Word of God and I read the Word of God, I feel my mind being renewed. I feel my mind being refreshed. It's not just reading a book. There is so much depth there. Sometimes we just skim across the top of the, the depth of the Lord, but there is so much depth in the Word of God that we have not even tapped into yet. There's some deep depth there, Brother Tucker, in the word of the Lord. Keep digging. You, you and I, we, we haven't seen it all yet. There is so much more in the word of God. So much power in the word of the Lord. But when you read the word of the Lord, it renews your mind. It renews your mind. carnal mind will eventually convince you that God is wrong. The flesh, Satan, the enemies, uh, it'll, a carnal mind will eventually convince you that God's word is wrong, that the church is not needed, that I know me, uh, better than the Lord. Become disgruntled. You can see a pattern here of, of getting so disgruntled. You're, it's following the carnal flesh. And it's, the carnal flesh falls right into the plan and purpose of what Satan wants, is to steal, kill, and destroy you spiritually. There is a war going on for our souls. Can I hear an Amen. In the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 7 through 12, I, I realize that in this reading of the book of Revelations, it's, it's a mix of events and the beginning of when Satan fell and the third of the angels fell from heaven and also a mix of the end time prophecy. Uh, and and I, I bring these events to you when you consider these things. You, you know, you could look at this and, and, and you could see how that with, with all of this coming together, um, it was pretty upsetting to the pride of Satan to be cast out of heaven. He thought he was so great and mighty. Bible says in Revelations 12, 7, and there was war in heaven. There's still war in heaven. There's wars that are going on. Right now, even in this earth, there's wars going on for your soul and my soul. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon being Satan. And the dragon fought and his angels. Now, first of all, let's look at this. We know the portions of the scripture. Okay, if Michael, the archangel, fought against the angels, he was fighting with two-thirds of the angels. And the dragon, Satan, was fighting with the third. No contest. No contest. Even if Satan was fighting with all the angels and the angel, Archangel Michael, was fighting with the Lord, no contest. No contest. God is the victor. He has all power in heaven and earth. God didn't even have to fight using an angel. He could have put a squelch on it real quick because God is all powerful. The dragon being Satan, fought and his angels. And verse 8, and he and prevailed not. Talking about the dragon or Satan. 
and prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. Because of this rebellion, Satan had no place in heaven anymore. So what happened? He was cast out. And prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent. Uh, they, they got several names for Satan here. And the great dragon, I guess, kind of showed forth, you know, he wasn't actually a dragon, but showed forth the attributes of a dragon, breathing fire, making it look like he's a terrible person. We know that, that, uh, that he is a lot more bark than his bite. And the great dragon was cast out, and that old serpent, he was called, called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So since Satan had rebellion in his heart to be equal or even greater than God, there, was, there has been war ever since. There's been war. A war against your soul, my soul, to destroy us, to steal from us, to take from us. He was cast out. There was no place for him in heaven anymore. But now he is the prince and power of the air, the Bible says. So he's going to war upon this earth against us, trying to destroy us. It's a constant battle. It's a battle we've got to learn how to take the weapons God's given us and overcome. God has given us victory. He is a victorious God. He's a conquering God. Can I hear it? Amen. He's a conquering God. We need to use what he's given us. But ever since Satan had rebellion in his heart to be equal or even greater than God, there has been war. There's war going on right now for your soul, for my soul, for the souls of this world. Satan doesn't want you to live in a heavenly place with blessings and glory of heaven. He wants you to die a death in a lake of fire for eternity. That's his purpose, his goal, because he's going there. He wants everybody else to go there with him. I guess he wants company. I don't think there's going to be much conversation going on there. It's going to be more of a concern of, of, um, of the judgment and the destruction. Matter of fact, the Bible says that uh, the rich man went to hell. He was, he was wanting someone to just touch just a drop on his tongue. You know, if I'm out in 100 degree weather up on a roof working on a furnace, or I mean, not at that time, not a furnace, but an air conditioner, a drop of water on my tongue is not going to do any good for me. A cold drink of good cold ice water is going to do good for me. But evidently it was so bad in hell that just a drop on his tongue was going to give him some kind of relief. And that's what he was asking for. So when we look at this, that's what Satan wants for your life. Do we want that for our lives? No. We want all the blessings of the Lord that he's given us. He's got promises of peace and joy and happiness. And, and uh, uh, you know, you could look at the physical things of the streets of gold and, 
and uh, the Crystal Sea and the mansions and all that, but even greater than that. Can you imagine the greatest experience in the Spirit of God that you've ever felt when you got caught away in the Holy Ghost in prayer or in worship and felt the glory of God and the peace of God and the touch of God and you felt like you were walking on clouds and the victory that came to you, you felt like you could conquer anything. Can you imagine that every moment of the rest of your eternity? Wow. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard. It hasn't even entered into the heart of man the things that God's prepared for those that love him. Why would we want to go for something so much lower? But that's what Satan wants. But with the carnal mind and the flesh, we get the same kind of thinking that Satan has to elevate our knowledge above the knowledge of God and think we're so much greater than God. No, you'll never know more than God. You'll never know more than the Word of God. But there are some tools that we can use, some weapons that we can overcome the things that are trying to destroy us and put Satan in his place. It is a spiritual, spiritual experience. And you will understand it more as you use these things and see exactly how it takes care of the enemy. In verse 10 it says, And I heard a loud voice saying, this is in Revelation, And I heard a loud voice saying, In heaven now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God, day and night. When he was in heaven, he was accusing us day and night. He was accusing the brethren day and night. I don't know what time in the equation where he was cast out of heaven. I don't know. But there was an attack and he constantly, day and night, accused them before God day and night. I'm sure he probably has conversation with God even now. But he's been cast out of heaven. There was no room for Satan in heaven. He was cast down to the earth. There's no room for him in heaven right now. There's no room for him in the presence of the Lord. There's no room for him in the house of God. There's no room for him in our lives if we walk according to the spirit of the Lord and use the weapons that, he, that God has given to us. Jesus even said in Luke 10 and 18, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. It wasn't just a slow push out of heaven of Satan. No, he was cast out. And he was like, as Jesus said, and uh, he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Of course, Jesus being God in flesh, he knew what he was talking about. It was something that he was cast out. And in heaven is where he accused the righteous before God day and night. Now he accuses us in our mind day and night since, uh, since him and his angels were cast out down to the earth. He is, as the Bible says, prince and power of the air. He's constantly wanting to fight against our soul. Constantly. And I've talked about this before. A lot of times he just drops little thoughts in your mind and stands. He's got such an easy job. 
stands back and sees if it will grow. He just keeps dropping little seeds of thought of bad things and ungodly things in your mind, your heart. And he tries to see if it grows. And he might, if, it, if he doesn't see a response, he might keep throwing it there. But it's like the fiery darts. He throws the fiery darts at us. If, if we flinch, he'll keep throwing it. He'll keep throwing it because he knows that's having an effect upon you. It's, it's affecting you. But when you get to the point where you overcome by the weapons that God has given us that are spiritual and we begin to not flinch anymore, you know what he's going to do? He might still throw the junk at you, but he's going he's to back off and say, hey, I need to find a different different." source of something to destroy that person because they've overcome this they've used the weapons we got to fight we got to stand firm and he throws something else at us and he tries to attack something else at us you know we we, we constantly get to a point where this this barrage of battle and struggle he keeps throwing it at us but there comes a point where we got to stand up and say I win. God's already said it. It's already in his word. God is already a winner. He is a conqueror. He's, he's already got a one. Satan is already defeated. So what we're doing right now is we're fighting against a defeated foe, Satan. <laughs> the biggest struggle that we haven't won over against is the flesh. But the Bible even gives us the thoughts here. Uh, you know, uh, it talks about destroying these things that come against us, destroying them so they don't have any effect over us. It's a fight for our soul. It's constant, it's relentless. Constant and relentless. Satan's not going to give up. He's not going to give up trying to destroy your life and my life. But you know what? We're serving a conquering God that's already won the battle. Why should we be worried? Why should we be upset in this battle when we have all of the tools and all the weapons to overcome Satan and the flesh? Why should we be upset? You know what we need to be? We need to be more relentless than Satan. We need to be more relentless than the flesh. We need to settle in our mind and our heart that I'm going I'm to get victory over this. I'm going to overcome this. I'm not going to be defeated. I hate to play games and lose, Sister Imogene. I'm glad you are like you are because I like playing games with Sister Imogene. She loves to win. I like to win. Now, I don't get all mad and say just because I don't win, uh, I'm going to get mad at Sister Imogene when we're playing the game. No, I'm going to say, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to get victory over her some point or another. It might take me a while, but you know what? She's already got these things figured out. She's played those games before. I like to win. Is there anybody here who likes to lose? Anybody? Raise your hand if you like to lose. See, nobody likes to lose. Raise your hand if you like to win. I like to win. Like to win. Sister Betty, I know you like to win. I know you do. There's something about us. We like to win. 
I, I don't want to lose in a game, but I don't want to, you know, I'm not, I don't want to lose against Satan. I want to win. He is relentless and he is constant. But you know what? I'm going to be more constant than he is. I'm going to be more relentless than he is. I'm going to get my, my, my heart, my soul, my mind involved in the weapons of the warfare that is going on, and I'm going to find victory in this. I'm going to overcome in this, and I know you've got that same spirit also to be victorious. We're, we're serving a victorious God, and I'm going to bring it to a close there. Um, I'll finish not finished. I've got a whole lot more to go. Look at my list. I haven't even got to the blood of the lamb yet. But we will get there. But I want to bring this to a close. But we are victorious in God. Satan is a defeated foe and he keeps dropping thoughts and he keeps trying to disrupt things and, and trying to destroy us. But we as the church body of Christ we are not going to give up because we have a God that has brought victory to us. And he's given us everything that we need to fight this battle. Amen? I want you to look up to heaven today and I want you to say, Lord, I'm victorious in you. Let's say that right now. Lord, I am victorious in you. Amen. I'm, I'm victorious in you in the name of Jesus.